Happy Wednesday, everybody. Uh, Riley was so excited last night. My oldest daughter, she was excited last night. She uh, came running up and she said, she had two things to tell me. The first thing she had to tell me was that she joined track. And yesterday, they did hurdles. And when, I was, when she was explaining all that to me, my back started hurting, my legs started hurting, I wasn't even doing it. But then she told me that it's spring today. Amen for that, right? Yes, we love spring. Spring is good. So happy spring. Now, I know many people probably came here like me from work, and so tonight we're going to talk about work. Exciting. But I want to tell you a story real quick. It's about a guy that we'll call John. And so John's a Christian, and he knows the Bible very well, and he's very strong in his faith. But John has a little problem. You see, John works at a place where there's not many Christians at all. Or if they are Christians, they don't live out their faith at his work like he does. So over the years, John's faith has been challenged by many of his unbelieving co-workers. And any time that John is confronted or challenged at work, his immediate response is to go on the offense, to go on the attack. Because in his mind, he thinks that a good defense is a strong offense. So he would use his knowledge of the Bible and he would use it as a weapon against those who were not Christians that he worked with. Unfortunately, this, John, this made John feel very good about himself. And what he thought in his mind was, he thought he was teaching those that did not believe, he thought he was teaching them the Bible and about his faith. And so John thought that since Jesus was justified in his righteous anger in the temple when he threw the money changers out, that he was justified in defending the faith, his faith through his righteous anger. So he believed that it was his duty to be persecuted at work. After all, Jesus said in Matthew 10, you will be hated by all for my name's sake. The fact is, even though John was able to argue the biblical perspective effectively, he never seemed to change the minds and the hearts of his co-workers. John's heart was in the right place because he wanted to defend his faith and he wanted to live out his faith. But he was completely wrong in his approach. You see, John had to realize that his co-workers were not the money changers. His workplace was not the temple and he wasn't Jesus. The main verse I'm going to uh, focus on today is in Colossians 3.17. And it says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So now that we've seen John, we're going to look at another type of person. And we'll call him Jack. Jack is also a Christian, 
And he, like John, is very strong in his faith. He loves to read the Bible, and he's very active in his church. And Jack works at a place where he seems to be the only Christian. But Jack is afraid to tell anybody he's a Christian, so he stays quiet about his faith. Jack's afraid that if his coworkers found out that he was a Christian and that he went to church, that he wouldn't be invited to the work parties and, well, you know, everybody would call him a fuddy-duddy or one of those religious guys. So he decided it was best for him to keep his faith in Christ to himself and do the church thing on Sunday and just be like everybody else during the week. Many of us don't have jobs that seem very relevant to our Christian faith. Some of us work as teachers, business owners, doctors, lawyers, police officers, firefighters, nurses, restaurant workers, radio producers. The fact is, Christians are found in just about every job that exists in both the private and public sectors. And as Christians, we should strive to set examples of working in the ways that are consistent with the teachings of Scripture and those that reflect the image of Christ. And I think between these two guys, Jack and John, I think it's okay if we're in between where they are. But we must remember always that we work for the glory of God. Sometimes I think work becomes a separate thing in our minds that we just go to and do. And we really don't think of that while we work, we're showing those around us our faith. And I don't think that, I think that sometimes we think in our head that because we go to work all the time, and we kind of ask ourselves sometimes, is it really possible to combine our faith and our work together? I think we can, and I think we should. So how can we, as passionate followers of Christ, glorify God while we're at work? I think the first thing that we should do is love our neighbor. Jesus said in Mark 12, 31, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. How many times do we teach our kids this? How many times do we teach ourselves this? And we have to remember this. Because it's when we love our neighbor, or in this case, our coworker, then they will truly know that we are his. We spend about 40 hours a week at work, eight hours a day, and some work more than that. And the majority of us work with non-Christians or we work with those who say they're Christians, but they're not actively attending a church or living out their faith. I mean, how many times do you think about it when you're at work and, and you hear just, not even against you, just you hear people mocking our faith. Um, sometimes, you know, they'll say, oh, come on, hang out with us. And you say, no, I don't really want to. And they say, oh, well, he's probably got to go to church or something. So we do get that. And we also see that, you know, 
people participate in those crude jokes and watch videos or look at pictures that are contrary to what we believe. And so we see that all around us every day. And many Christians are mocked and ridiculed at work. But I think that our workplace is the perfect opportunity to share our faith with others. If our coworkers know that we are Christians, they're going to be watching us. They will be watching our actions. They're going to be listening to what we say. They're going to look and see how we respond to what they have to say. And the mere fact is, is that those, are really, that those people that are really hostile towards our faith, they're really going to be watching us and they're really going to be judging the way that we act. And I think that our, our job is our stage to show the world how Christians behave. So as 1 Peter 2.12 says, we must live good lives that the world will see and glorify God. I like to think of our place of work as a mission field. And God has placed each and every one of us in our mission fields at our workplace. God has placed us there, whether you believe it or not. And he's placed us there so that we can show the love of Christ to others. And if you're like me, when you think about a mission field, the first thing that comes in your head is when we have missionaries come here and talk about they're from different countries and they go to different countries and, and they preach the word of God. And so we think about that when we hear mission field and we think that we're being asked by God that we're going to be going somewhere to a far off land, but that's not always the case. God also sends us into the mission fields locally. So our jobs or our mission fields must lead, must let our example to others be our daily sermon. It has to be a daily sermon to them when we are talking to them, when we're interacting with them. It should show exactly what we hear about every Sunday when we read our Bible. So if you're a teacher, your mission field is your coworkers and your students. And if you're a businessman or woman, your mission field is your coworkers and your bosses and your clients. And if you're in the restaurant business, your mission field is your coworkers and anyone who comes into that restaurant. Because it's in our jobs, we all do completely different things from each other. And in our jobs, we're able to reach so many people and tell them the good news of the gospel. Each one of us has the ability to reach people that the person next to you will never be able to talk to probably sometimes or even reach. And that's why it's our mission field. And we're all given different mission fields and are able to talk to and build these relationships with the people who may never walk through these doors. 
I think one of the ways that we can build relationships with those around us, our coworkers, and is, is to number one, just be approachable to the people you work with. Don't be standoffish. We need to build relationships. We can do a lot of different things in our workplace. If you're getting up, if you work in an office space and you're getting up to get a cup of coffee, ask your coworker, hey, I'm going to get some coffee. You want some coffee? If you see somebody with boxes or something, say, hey, can I help you carry that? If somebody's walking through a door and you're walking there, open the door for them. There's little things that you can do to start relationships with your coworkers. We also must continually exemplify love for your neighbor in how you interact with our coworkers. Continually exemplify love for them. In 1 Corinthians 6, 16, 14, it says, let all, that you be, let all that you do be done in love. Let all that you be do in love. It all has to be done in love. Don't do it because you think that you should or you're trying to make the boss happy. Do it because you love them and you're trying to build relationships with them. Something that we really don't think about sometimes, I think, and I really didn't think about this until I started writing this and I got a text from Christy. But our children are our mission field as well. We teach our children to love our neighbors and we teach them the word of God. And then they go out and become bold witnesses. I told Elena I was going to use her in the sermon, so I'm going to. <laughs> now I can't find it. But Elena had to write a piece of, on a piece of paper, she had to write something about Christmas. And so she was writing for her school, and she wrote about presents. And she said that it's not about the presents, but it's about the Lord. And I'm saying it wrong, but I had it on here, but I don't. But she said, it's about the Lord. It's not about giving presents or getting presents. That's one of the things. But it's about the Lord. And it's about Jesus' birth. Our children are being encouraged to bring their Bible to school. They have a bring your Bible to school day. I think they should bring Bibles to school every day. We also have the see you at the poll where the kids go out and they go to the polls at the school, the flag poles, and they pray with each other. That's their mission field. That's what they're doing. People walking by them praying at the poll are probably wondering, what are they doing? They might see one of them in school. They might ask them, we're praying. I think also that we need that childlike faith. But we have to remember that when you say have faith like a child, having childlike faith is not having childish faith. Okay? Having childlike faith is being able to approach somebody and tell them the good news. I asked Elena last night when I asked for her permission to use her in the sermon. And I asked her, I said, when you, do you talk to your friends about God? 
And she said, yes. And I said, what do you tell them? And she said, well, God loves them and that they need to be a Christian. <laughs> I said, okay, it sounds good. I said, are you ever afraid just to tell somebody that? Now, are we afraid? Sometimes I think we are. Sometimes I think we think to ourselves, I don't know what to say to somebody. But what I say is, us as adults, we need to share our faith boldly. And it could just be telling somebody your story, your faith story. Just tell them how you became a Christian, if they ask, or even if you're just in conversation with somebody. There's so many little openings that people give you when you're having a conversation. You don't have to be overbearing like John and go on the offense. But we need to just tell our story. We don't have to be a theologian. We can just tell our story. And so the next, we need to be bold in our faith. Be bold in our faith. One of my favorite scriptures is Romans 1.16. It says, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. Always look for ways to share your faith and be bold about it. One of the ways that we show we're not ashamed of our faith is not by hiding our faith at work, but living it out. There's several different ways that I can think of that we might hide our faith at work. And I mean, sometimes we, you know, maybe not mention the Bible or Jesus or because we're afraid that we might offend somebody. If someone asks you what your plans are for the weekend and you purposely admit that you're, uh, omit that you're going to church on Sunday, you know, sometimes we get wrapped up and we participate sometimes in those less than honorable activities at work, telling bad jokes, stealing from the company, doing things to try to fit in, that's what I did a lot. I did a lot of trying to fit in, a lot. And it just didn't work out. I would always want to go out with somebody or go out with the guys after work or do this or do that. And so this is kind of some of the ways that we kind of hide our faith at work. And when we become ashamed of our faith and hide the fact that we're Christians... If you notice, and I noticed this, is that that's when we really get faced with many temptations that we may not have had to face if we were bold in our faith. Temptation will always have an attraction to us. If it didn't, we wouldn't be drawn to it. But we have to remember also that temptation in itself is not a sin, but it's an invitation to sin. And when we're not firm in our faith, it makes giving in to that temptation so much easier. So that's why we need to always guard our hearts. So 
So don't be afraid to speak the gospel to your coworkers. In 2 Corinthians 5.20, it says, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God, making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. We're ambassadors for Christ. Being an ambassador means to represent. We're representatives of Christ here in our workplace. I think that sometimes we need to think about this is that we may be the only Bible that someone reads. We may be the only Christ-like example that someone sees at our work. Because so many people that we work with and that we deal with on a daily basis, 40 hours a week, eight hours a day, may never step foot into the church. They may never open up a Bible. They may never listen to a sermon. But they can still know Jesus by watching us and how we act and how we talk and how we are at work. Another way that we can glorify God in our, at our work is by working hard and being a good example. The best witness you can give is to work hard and work honestly. We as Christians must work hard and be hard workers. We as Christians should be the best workers at our workplace. Colossians 3, 23-24 says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive your inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, that's a great 401k plan, isn't it? Our reward comes from the Lord. I mean, we get our paychecks from work and we get our benefits from work, but compared to the reward that we get from the Lord, which is eternal life in the presence of the Lord, it doesn't compare. Always put Christ first in your workplace, no matter what you do. And as Colossians 3, 23, 24, it says to work for the Lord and not for men. We as believers need to remember that we serve the Lord and that our reward comes from him. So we must always do our work to honor God. Because remember, we're ambassadors for Christ. We're representing Christ in all that we do and all that we say everywhere we go, even at work. So let's be the best representatives we can and work hard and be a great example of how an employee should be. Because not only do the people around you see that and are affected by that, but when you're a good worker, bosses usually recognize that also. I will never forget when I was in my early 20s and I first started at Taylor Police and we had a chief and this guy was probably the best known person downriver and I've always said that if you messed up in Taylor 
and got fired or something happened in Taylor and you tried to get a job as a police officer anywhere around here, he had so much clout and so much everything that you wouldn't get a job. And I'll never forget, I was working as a police cadet and we had to answer phones and we had to work in the jail and we had to run all the names and everything in the, when they called in for different things on the computers. And I'll never forget the phone rang and it was the chief. And he said, O'Connor, I want you to run this person and bring the stuff up here for me. I'm like, okay. So I figured I'm going to go and give it to the uh, secretary. Well, he saw me and he's like, come in my office. You know, here I am just, you know, this young guy. And so I sit down and I give him the stuff and the, the paperwork he wanted. And he said, do you want to be a police officer? And I said, yes, sir, I do. He says, well, don't ever lie to me. I said, okay, I won't. <laughs> and then he said, and don't ever, you know, cover up anything and don't, and just always, if you mess up, come to me and tell me and we'll, we'll figure it out. I'm like, okay. He goes, he said, because I know what every single officer is like here. I know what every cadet's like here and I know who I want to hire. And right now I've heard nothing but good things about you. So, okay, thank you. He said, you can leave. And I said, okay, thank you. So I left. <laughs> Our bosses, I'll never forget that. That was over 20 years ago. Our bosses are watching us. And part of working hard and being a good employee is having integrity. We have to be honest and be trustworthy. We have to be on time at our job. Don't be lazy. Go to work and work. And I think that when we're at work, we should watch the Lord and not the clock. I mean, we see it. How many times do you walk around in your job where you see other people doing things? They're on their phone, scrolling through Facebook, or they're surfing the internet for something and they're doing other things, they're shopping online, they're doing things that they shouldn't be doing at work, taking extended lunch breaks, being gossips at work. We see it all, there's so many to list. And remember, if we can see it, our bosses can see it. That's why I said we as Christians need to be the best employees that they have and we should be. And we should always be good at what we do because God has given all of us, every single one of us, gifts, talents, and abilities. We all have different gifts, talents, and abilities that others don't do. If your car's broke, do not call me. If you need something built, don't call me. If you have a Bible question, you can call me. If you want to learn how to play the drums, you can call me. We all have different gifts, talents, and abilities. And so part of being a good employee is continuing to learn all you can about your job. Whether it's by furthering your education or reading books, learning from others. That's one of the best ways that we learn stuff is when we learn from others. When we don't know how to do something, we say, hey, can you teach me how to do this? Can you show me how to do this? And by the way, when we do stuff like that, we're also building relationships with our coworkers. 
When we use our gifts and our talents that God has given us, we are honoring God that way. We can also be servant leaders among our coworkers and our employees. Philippians 2.3 says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Servant leadership is the, kind of is the kind of leadership that is personified by Christ. Our leadership, and I know some people may be bosses, and this is not only just for bosses, this is just for everybody because we all have to be servant leaders, but the people that are bosses also, they should be servant leaderships. And they should emulate Christ's example of servant leadership. And we can do this by uplifting and loving others, not demanding or degrading, because that's what the world shows us. How many times do you see on TV, on shows, the bosses yelling at people and putting them down? That's how the world portrays their leaders to be. That's not what a true leader is. Jesus washed his disciples' feet. In John 13, we see that beautiful story of Jesus washing the feet of his disciples during the Last Supper. For Jesus, this was a display of his humility and his servanthood. And for his followers, us and his followers then, we are to emulate him by serving one another in lowliness of heart and mind and seeking to build others up in humility and love. We need to build each other up. We, we try to build our children up all the time. We should still be doing that with our friends and our coworkers. Build them up, not tearing them down. There's several ways I think that we can be good servant leaders and that's by helping those who need help. If we hear somebody that needs help, help them as best as you can. Listen attentively to others when they need to talk. There's so many people that just need to talk and they need somebody to listen to them. And so that's a good way to be a good, uh, good servant leader. Be willing to forgive and ask for forgiveness. We can rejoice in the success of others, not be jealous that maybe somebody got a promotion. Rejoice with them. Congratulate them. Be willing to sacrifice to help your employees, coworkers, your team, and your organization. Refuse to encourage others to do wrong and don't take pleasure in others' misfortune. But in all ways, be loving, patient, and kind and always be a Christ-like example even in your leadership. Jesus gave us an example of what he meant to be a servant leadership in Mark 10, 42 and 45. Two of his apostles, James and John, earlier wanted to exalt themselves and asked to sit at his right hand and left hand of his glory. And Jesus told them, if they wanted to be great, they must be a servant. He told them that he came to serve, not to be served, and that they should follow his example, and so should we. If you want to lead, you must first learn how to serve. 
It's about building relationships. That's what this whole thing is about here. It's about building relationship with others. And true greatness comes when we serve others. I have a couple things for the growth work. Um, the first thing is to be a good, good example. In Matthew 5, 13 to 16, it says, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill can't be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your, shine, let your light shine for others so that they may see your good works and give glory to the Father who's in heaven. We, as Christians, are to be a positive influence and a good example in this world, and that includes in our workplace. If we live every part of our life, including at work for Christ, we'll glow like light, showing others what Christ is like. I don't know if anybody else has had this experience, but when I talked about trying to fit in at work, and then when I really started focusing on my faith, and I really started taking it seriously, I can't tell you how many people say, you cha something's changed about you. You're different. So that's what it's like that they'll see us. They'll see our Christ-like examples. And we can do all this by what I've said before, being work on time, not being lazy, always being trustworthy and honest. And your coworkers will take notice. They'll, they'll, they'll wonder what's going on with you and why you've changed. I always think, I think of myself, what would unbelievers think if they see a person who says they're a Christian, but then they walk by them at work and they see them with their feet up and not doing their job, being lazy, or they see them stealing from the company. They see them over in the corner gossiping. They would probably think to themselves, there's no difference between me and them. There's no difference at all. Why should I become a Christian? Why should I go to church? This guy goes to church every Sunday, every Wednesday, but here he is swearing up a storm, stealing from the company. So if you cannot live your faith, then don't share it. We can be a good example by building positive relationships with unbelieving coworkers. Remember, our unbelieving coworkers are not our enemies. They're opportunities to share the love of Christ to others. We should also be good listeners. James 1.19 says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Listening is the key to effective communication. How many times do we catch ourselves not really listening and just waiting for that one opportunity to speak up? 
It's human nature. And James knew that, and that's why he wrote this. Because we tend to talk more than we listen. And many times we end up interrupting others in a conversation and it becomes a distraction. And when we're trying to build relationships, we need to be able to stay quiet and listen and focus. We also need to give the person who's talking respect by looking directly at them and concentrate on what they're saying. Be patient when you're listening. Don't try and help that person out with what they're trying to say. Don't try and finish. We, we have a tendency to try to finish people's sentences. We need to give that person that's speaking 100% of your attention. And if you're not understanding something that the person's saying, wait till they stop and then ask clarifying questions just so that you can have a good conversation with that person. Because when we as Christians are trying to build relationships with coworkers and we're looking for ways to share our faith, we should be good communicators and that means we should be good listeners. Being a good communicator is not always being able to speak or being able to, to uh, speak eloquently. It's also being good listeners. Because not only is this respectful to others, but it's also an effective way to gain positive influence with your coworkers. So we have to always look for opportunities to witness. Paul urged Timothy to be prepared always to preach the word in season and out of season. He was telling Timothy and us to be available always, no matter the circumstances, even at work. Because remember, we spend half of our adult life at work. And with something that takes up that much time, it's worth us to be all in by taking the time to invest in relationships with those we work with. If Jesus is the greatest joy in our life, it's only natural that joy is going to spill out onto our work life. We have to tell our story. We have to talk about our faith story because we all have a story to tell. And that's how we build relationships. If one of your coworkers says, I'm going through this hard time, tell them about you going through the same hard time or ask them, can I pray for you? There's many ways to witness without being too preachy. You can invite your friends and coworkers from uh, work to church with us. They might be waiting for that invitation. You can talk about the 40-day fast and prayer that we're in the middle of right now and talk about what it is and what it isn't. There's so much misinformation out there. And tell them you're trying to focus on God as we get closer to Easter. You can ask them if there's anything that you could pray about with them. Share with your coworkers what Pastor preached about on Sunday, especially if it fits into something that you've been talking about at the time. Invite your coworkers and their family out to our Easter extravaganza. There's cards over there. You can get them. They're free. Take one. Invite your family or invite your friends to it. Take as many as you need. This is a great way to invite your, your coworkers and their family to have fun. Invite them to Easter Sunday service here at Woodland. There's so many people that are waiting to be invited to church, but it's our fear that they're going to say no. 
What does it matter if they say no? That's the worst that they can do for you. And even if they say no and they don't seem interested at first, remember that God could be preparing them for a later time. So we should still continue to build that relationship. If somebody says, no, I don't want to go to your church or no, I don't want to go to your Easter extravaganza, don't shun them out. Continue to build that relationship with them. Continue to pray for them and continue to treat them with respect because you never know what would happen out of that relationship. And most importantly, when we're able to build that relationship with our coworkers, and we're at that point when we can discuss anything, anything with them, we should always present the gospel to them. Tell them that God loves them and that he wants a relationship with them. The gospel is a powerful and bold message of love. And it's a saving message. That God loved us all so much that he gave his son to die on the cross for our sins is a message that everyone needs to hear. And it's up to us to share that good news. We need to pray regularly. When we begin our day before work, make it a daily habit to pray that the Holy Spirit will empower you to share your faith effectively with the people you interact with at work. Pray that you'll be able to build relationships and trust with your coworkers, and that your everyday life will support your message and your faith. So remember that first verse I gave you? And whatever you do, whatever you do while you're at work, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Lord God, I just thank you for this day and I just thank you for this beginning of spring and I'm just so thankful for everybody being here and that we can just study and, and learn your word, Lord God. And I just pray that you'll just continue to give us opportunities in our work to share our faith and that you give us all the courage that we need to overcome the fear that we may have and talking to our coworkers and our friends about our faith. And I just pray that you continue to give us the protection so that we'll be protected from anything that comes to us while we're sharing our faith. I just pray that uh, every single one of us here will, will just build relationships with our friends at work and our coworkers and that we continue to spread the gospel message and the salvation of the people with who we share our faith with. And I just pray that, that we're able to build these relationships and build this trust with our coworkers and that we'll continue to love you and honor you in everything that we do in our work. And I pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you.